episode 859. Green Bay Packers wide receiver Devontae Adams is among the players getting attention following a Packers Week 5 win. We'll ask Nathan Yankee of Pro Football Focus about Adams and a whole lot more. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. Good morning, Green Bay Packers fans, and welcome to Railbird Central at Cheesehead TV, the longest tenured Packers podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Brian Carvu, and today we're talking about the aftermath of a Packers Week 5 win over the Dallas Cowboys and ahead to the Minnesota Vikings. To do that, we're joined by a guest on the phone... Baltar, find me another expert, one that likes me this time, okay? We're joined by Nathan Yankee of ProFootballFocus.com, as we are during every Wednesday during the season. Nathan, how you doing today? Good morning. I'm doing well. How about you? Very good. We're glad to have you on the show once again. Nathan, everyone is amazed that Devontae Adams played at all at Dallas in Week 5, but after his performance against the Cowboys... Is he grading out higher uh, than the Packers' other receivers, such as Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb? Uh, First off, specifically in this game, he was the highest-graded Packers player in receiving. Uh, Clearly, the two touchdowns were good. Uh, Three more first downs receiving. I did have a drop in there, which hurt his receiving grade a little bit. But what was uh, just as impressive or even a little more impressive to me um, after – what happened last week is he's never been known for a good run blocker, but uh, he's been average throughout his career. But in this game, he had his best run blocking of his career. Uh, There were a number of plays where he was blocking one of the Cowboys defensive backs and that uh, helped the Packers out in the run game. So uh, he graded out pretty well as a run blocker this week too. So um, all of that was impressive Um, in terms of the season as a whole. Uh, currently, we have Adams graded 0.1 higher than Cobb, so <laughs> they're basically at the same point, but Nelson is still ahead of both of those receivers. Got it. Um, Nathan, rookie running back Aaron Jones has been nominated for the NFL's Ground Player of the Week, with his competition being Leonard Fournette and Melvin Gordon. So if you were to vote, who would get your vote in this competition? Um, I definitely think Jones deserves to be on the list, but if I had to choose one of those three, I'd go with Gordon. Um, The raw numbers, Jones beats out Gordon in uh, carries and yards and yards per carry and those kind of things. But I think uh, Jones had a little bit more help from his run blockers than Gordon did from his run blockers. So I give more of uh, the Packers credit to the offensive line. Jones definitely deserves a lot of credit as well, but... Um, As I just mentioned, Adams did a nice job in run blocking. Uh, Richard Rodgers, who barely played, but when he was on the field, uh, he was an asset there too. Uh, Corey Lindsley and Jahari Evans, uh, both players who graded out well as run blocking as well. So um, I'd probably pick Gordon out of those three. Although if I were to pick someone off of the ballot, I think Marlon Mack did near, got nearly as many yards as some of those guys did, but did it in half the carries. So Um, He should probably be seeing more playing time in Indianapolis. Well, certainly a worthy nomination, if nothing else, for Aaron Jones. Um, Nathan, statistically speaking, it wasn't the most amazing performance of Aaron Rodgers' career, but I'm assuming he graded out pretty high after throwing three touchdowns, no interceptions, and directing a game-winning drive. Am I right? 
Uh, yeah, I completely agree with that. Uh, he wasn't the top-graded quarterback this week, but he was definitely among the top five. Um, his completion percentage was relatively low for him, but that's a little misleading. Um, had two batted passes, a pass thrown away, another drop. So a couple of things that were pretty much out of his control for why some of the incompletions happened. So uh, the accuracy of his passes was just fine. Um, he was under pressure a little bit more than usual, so he had to run around a bit more. Um, it did lead to him uh, having some defenders miss tackles on him, so that it was impressive. But um, he was sacked a little bit more than usual, which didn't help. So a couple of things out of his control that, that hurt his numbers in general. But uh, he was as good as he's been these past couple of games, so uh, he continues to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league without question. <laughs> yeah, uh, no kidding, right? Um Nathan, I thought the Packers' offensive line struggled on Sunday, and maybe I should clarify. You yourself said, you know, earlier that the offensive line mostly did well run blocking, and I, I can, for the most part, agree with that. Uh, it's, I suppose, it's a pass protection where I thought they struggled the most. But who, in your estimation, you know, ha- had the hardest time among the Packers' offensive linemen? I'd agree with all of that, and uh, Lane Taylor is probably the one who struggled the most. Um, he allowed a sack and four hurries in the game. Uh, Tyrone Crawford and Benton Maiawa uh, were both getting the best of him, and at times it was more uh, Taylor doing poorly than one of those defensive players doing well. So uh, hopefully he's able to return to left guard soon. Um, Corey Lindsley also did a little bit worse than usual, allowed two pressures in the game, which is more than he, he usually does, but... That was only a couple of plays in the game. Yeah, uh, Lane Taylor's done an admiral job filling in, but I do agree that just left guard is his most natural position, and he will do better there. Um, Nathan, I, I have pretty much the same question for the Packers secondary. Who struggled the most? Because, because I thought there were several candidates. Uh, first off, I'll say I think they did a little bit better in coverage as a unit than they've done in some of the other games. Um, While they did allow a lot of catches, a lot of them were shorter catches, and they did make a couple good plays as a unit, more so than the last couple weeks. But there definitely were some candidates who didn't have great weeks this past week. Um, I think I'd go with Josh Jones as the one who had the worst of the group. Um, He had a missed tackle near the end of the game, allowed two first downs, another short catch, um, another play where he would have been part of another catch allowed, but the receiver dropped the pass, so... Uh, it was still a poor play out of him, even though the receiver didn't finish off the play. Um, Quentin Rollins is probably the other one who stood out to me, um, but he also had a couple good plays and coverage to help make up for some of the catches that he allowed. Yeah, made that big tackle there, so at least there was a little positive out of Quentin Rollins. Um, but on the positive side as a whole here, I, I thought Kenny Clark looked good once again, as he has most of the season. Nathan, is Kenny Clark passing up Mike Daniels as the Packers' best defensive lineman? Maybe it's too early to, to say that as a whole, but I, I'm kind of wondering how they compare. Uh, sure. Clark had a nice game against the run in this one. Uh, two tackles for short gains, another couple of plays where he was able to beat his blocker which disrupted the offense for the Cowboys but uh, this is his third straight good game in the run which is pretty impressive but at the moment um, with Daniels not 100% I'd say Clark is playing better than Daniels right now but I would say Daniels at his best is better than what Clark has been. Um, Daniels had two three-game stretches last season that were better than Clark's three-game stretch so far this year against the run. And then as a pass rusher, uh, Clark only had one hurry in this game, only six hurries on the season with no sacks or hits. So 
um, as a pass rusher, Daniels um, in the past has far out, outperformed what Clark's been doing um, in that part of his play. So uh, Clark still has certainly been impressive, but I think Daniels still in a whole other tier of players when he's at his best. That's fair enough. And hopefully Kenny Clark just continues to improve. He's, he's trending in the right direction. So that's a good thing. Um, I also thought, uh, Nathan, that Blake Martinez looked good, uh, this whole season, but especially the past two weeks, how does he stack up alongside other NFL inside linebackers? I would go back another week as well. Martinez was playing really well against the run three games ago. So I would say that this is three straight games that he's looked very impressive against the run Um, on the season. He has 16 run stops, which is the most for all linebackers in the league so far. So that's really impressive. Um, He's played fewer snaps against the run than a lot of the starting linebackers. So I'm on a per play basis. He's also top in the league. So uh, this past week, especially uh, some of those plays were on black. So those aren't quite as impressive, but another couple of those, uh, he was beating Zach Martin, who was getting to the second level, trying to block him and unable to block him. So uh, those plays in particular, I found especially impressive. Um, He did have a few missed tackles this week, which was a problem for him early last year as well. So not everything's been great for him, but he's definitely been earning the playing time that he's been getting. Yeah, that's very good to hear. Uh, Finally, Nathan, before we let you go, what's the matchup to watch for this upcoming Sunday against the Minnesota Vikings? I think it's a left tackle defensive right end with Everson Griffin for the Vikings. I think that's the most interesting since uh, he's been the Vikings best pass rusher so far this season. Uh, six sacks and four hits, which is more than anyone on the Vikings and both of those stats also more than any individual on the Packers and both of those. So um, the interesting part as well is uh, last year, he didn't have particularly good games against the Packers. He had two of his four worst rated games against Green Bay. Uh, going back to 2015 as well, uh, one of his worst games was against Green Bay, but one of his better ones was too, and that was the game where Josh Sitton was playing at left tackle. So um, even if Dave Bakhtiari isn't 100%, um, or if he isn't able to play again, I would guess Griffin is plenty motivated to have a good game after a couple uh, poor game, games against Green Bay last year. Yeah, wow. Uh, Packers offensive line going to have their work cut out for them. Uh, Nathan, uh, uh, really now, before we let you go, I want to give you the opportunity to talk about uh, Pro Football Focus because uh, you're on here every week and, and people can can find some of these statistics you're citing for themselves. Um, and, and I know Pro Football Focus has some new subscriptions uh, categories this year that maybe you can go into. Sure. At Pro Football Focus, we grade every player on every play at the NFL level, um, at all of the major conferences and at the college level. This year, we've started to expand a little bit to the high school level as well in the Cincinnati area. But uh, we have two uh, major subscriptions that you can get, uh, PFF Edge and PFF Elite. Uh, Both of them, if you get it, it runs for one calendar year. So if you got it today, it would run into October 11th of 2018. Um, With PFF Edge, that gets you a number of things. It gets you our player grades tool, so you can see the grade that we have for every NFL player uh, so far this season, as well as depth charts. Uh, We have a number of fantasy tools that will help you uh, pick who to get in your – or pick who to start in your fantasy leagues or in daily fantasy, uh, pick who to have in your daily fantasy lineups, as well as a number of things to help prepare you for the 2018 NFL draft. So if you want to look ahead to that already, we give you a number of stats and – 
analysis on those players that should be draft eligible next year. And then PFF Elite, um, that gets you even more access. Uh, one of the big ones there is signature stats. Um, a lot of the stats that I cite on these Wednesdays, you'd be able to find on your own for any of the Packers players or any other player in the NFL, um, as well as a number of other tools, including uh, grades for every individual game for every NFL player from both 2016 and 2017. That'll be available in PFF Elite. Very cool. Nathan, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. I hope people take advantage of uh, those options at Pro Football Focus, and uh, we'll talk to you next week and break down this Vikings game, okay? Sounds good. Thanks again for having me. Take care. Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com joining us here at Railbird Central as he does every Wednesday on the show. Glad to have him joining us. Glad to have you, the listener, join us as we continue on. I'll try to tell you, Vince, in our Packers news segment and my commentary on it, I wanted to piggyback on the earlier discussion we had with Nathan Yankee about Packers wide receiver Devonta Adams because I think the wide receiver has gained a lot of attention when ESPN published not one but two stories on Tuesday about Adams' potential future earnings. I'm not sure why. They were practically the same story. I'm not sure why one wouldn't have sufficed. I think it only stoked this fire a little bit more, almost unnecessarily. I think we need to pump the brakes a little bit here as far as worrying about Adams' future. Not that we shouldn't celebrate his present. He's doing a fantastic job. The the game against the Cowboys, coming back for the concussion, the touchdowns, all good stuff. Reporter Rob Domofsky compared Adams to Cowboys wide receiver Des Bryant and cited several statistics, um, the most impressive of which is that Adams is now, or currently, second in the NFL in touchdown receptions with 16 of them, Since the start of the 2016 season, that's fantastic, no doubt about it. You're not going to find any complaint from me there, any argument. He's been a real asset to the Packers the past two years. In two other categories, however, Adams is tied for 18th in catches and 20th in yards over that same time period. And while certainly not bad, those numbers might not indicate that Adams isn't worthy of being one of the top five highest paid receivers in the NFL. And that's not to suggest that the Packers shouldn't re-sign Adams or or that he doesn't deserve to be among the top 10 or 15 highest paid receivers. I'm just saying it's too early to earmark him as receiving a contract worth an average of $14 million per season at this point in time because that's what Des Bryant is roughly getting uh, as the fifth highest wide receiver on average in the NFL. Uh, I don't think the Packers should be negotiating with any player right now. They should be letting the season play itself out. Heck, knock on wood, uh, but if Adams were to suffer a knee injury between now and the end of the season— That's going to impact his earnings potential. Uh, I can't stress enough that I don't think Adams isn't necessarily worth the money. I'm just saying, give it time. If he continues to score touchdowns at this pace, 
then yeah, he he might eventually come something close to a top five highest paid wide receiver in the NFL. But let's just see how the season plays itself out before trying to figure out salary caps for future seasons. Um, Also, you know, when the Packers do give a player security, they give them a long-term contract, and they do that for good players who are pretty much entering their first shot at free agency, you know, sometimes those players give up a little bit of money in terms of security, and that's for multi-year contracts with, you know, guaranteed portions of money and signing bonuses and things like that. So hopefully, you know, if Adams, you know, isn't dead set on becoming the, you know, in the top five highest paid and, and, you know, the Packers can save a little bit money over time, you know, with him being instead, you know, top 10, top 12, top 15, you know, maybe that's more reasonable to expect, uh, I think. Uh, But again, just just let the season play itself out. I mean, that. They shouldn't be get. I don't think they need to come to a contract extension right now with Adams. I don't think Adams needs to be worrying about that right now. Uh, maybe a few weeks down the road, maybe after the season, probably more than likely. But even you know toward the end of the season, if you want to tack a signing bonus onto the current season, that there's ways to work those things out a little bit. Um, but anyway, as it stands right now, week five, I, I think we're fine. We can push that, you know, to the back burner a little bit uh, and monitor it certainly, but don't have to worry about contracts and salary caps right now. In other Packers news, A couple Packers have been nominated for weekly NFL awards. Not only has Aaron Jones been nominated for the league's ground player of the week, as we talked about earlier, he's also been nominated as the NFL's rookie of the week. Uh, Both are certainly worthy nominations, but he faces some stiff competition that I think will make it difficult to win. In both categories, you know, we talked earlier about Melvin Gordon being, you know, uh, among the the big, uh, you know, uh, tough uh, competition in terms of winning the ground week. Uh, this in in this category, he faces Leonard Fournette, who had 181 yards on 28 carries and two touchdowns, all numbers better than Jones put up. And that's not to mention the attention that Miles Garrett received this week for getting two sacks in his NFL debut. He's also been nominated. But that being said, uh, the winner is strictly decided on fan voting. So if you Packers fans want Jones to win, then he can win. Go to NFL.com, somewhere on their website. You can vote for all these awards. Um, The other weekly award uh, that a Packers player has been nominated is Aaron Rodgers for the Clutch Player of the Week. And yes, suffice to say, I think Rodgers will and should win that one. Uh, When you go on the road in the NFL to direct a game-winning drive with little more than a minute to go, like Aaron Rodgers did this past Sunday, I think he's worthy of winning the award. Uh, There were certainly other nominees who had good games and maybe even better statistics than Rodgers, but nothing nearly as memorable or as impactful as what Aaron Rodgers was able to do. So once again, (laughs) 
go ahead and vote for Aaron Rodgers, NFL.com, somewhere on that website. Uh, you can find uh, where to vote on these nominations. It would be nice to hear uh, a Packers player has won. Um, other Packers news, all sorts of little tidbits today, nothing really huge news by any means, no transactions or roster moves or anything like that. But, but this, this came out yesterday out of the blue, which was, was, you know, kind of really fun news. Uh, Martellus Bennett and his imagination agency, um, have teamed up with Giphy to create a series of, of gifts. Um, uh, we're talking social media here, uh, for those of you who may not be social media savvy, this probably may not be nearly as important, or you may even be wondering what the heck I'm talking about. But, uh, if you are on Twitter, you are on Facebook, you may have seen these things already, uh, little, you know, uh, you know, what are they? Three second, two second looping videos, of a whole bunch of Packers, Martellus Bennett and his teammates, creating these, uh, you know, little uh, looping videos, and they all kind of capture some emotion. Uh, there's haha Clinton Dix laughing, uh, as in uh, um, paying homage to his his nickname, haha. Uh, there's uh, Aaron Rodgers doing the the belt. There is. Uh, uh, Mike Daniels posing as a superhero. There's uh, Lance Kendricks, uh, you know, making it rain money. Uh, all sorts of, uh, I mean, there's literally got to be over a hundred of these. And they're all sorts of Packers players and all sorts of, you know, they are going to be all over so, Packers social media. They already are. <laughs> they're already all over social media. But especially like during games, these things are going to be everywhere, I think. And they're a lot of fun. So uh, kudos to Martellus Bennett for creating these and distributing them. Uh, he's kind of doing this uh, from from my, from what I can tell, uh, you know, free of charge. It's, it's not costing anybody anything to use these. Uh, perhaps maybe Giphy paid him a little bit to... Uh, uh, get all his teammates on board and, and things like that. And it's just been really cool. And if anybody out there is like, oh, uh, spend your time focusing on football, well, I can tell you just I, I looked, took a quick peek at all these little gifts and and it's going through all the Packers. And, and, and all of a sudden, at the very end of the list, there's, there's former Packers linebacker Jordan Tripp uh, among the players uh, in these uh, gifts uh, in these in these videos, and you're like, well, what the heck is Jordan Tripp doing there? He's not a Packer anymore, and you you can tell that they did this during the off season. The videos were were recorded and created during the off season. So if you're if you're out there thinking that you know focus your time on football, well. They are that this wasn't even done during the season. You you can tell it was done during the off season. So uh, just just pump the brakes there as well. And and finally here uh, one note of congratulations uh, to Packers wide receiver Jordy Nelson, who I just found out adopted a baby girl on Friday from San Antonio, Texas. 
just days ahead of the Packers game in Texas. Um, found this out on social media. Uh, there was a post on, on uh, I forget what outlet, if it was Instagram or, or Facebook, uh, but actually posted by the judge in Texas who kind of presided over this. I, I'm not sure if that's the term. Um, but but this isn't the first time Nelson and his family have adopted a child. It's actually the second. He has served as an ambassador for adoptions while being a spokesman for Jockey International. Kind of, they've created uh, campaigns about this and and promoted it before, and it, it, it's a worthy cause. And, and and again, congratulations are in order to Jordy Nelson, and I believe his wife's name is Emily. Uh, so very cool. Day ahead. All right. Uh, speaking of Jordy Nelson, on Wednesday. Maybe we'll get some clarification on his injury status simply because the NFL requires an injury report out of the Packers on Wednesday. In both the immediate aftermath of Sunday's game and the day after the game, neither Nelson himself or any Packers coach would respectively comment on the nature of Nelson's injury or whether he had one at all. Here's what we know. Nelson wasn't on the field, the Packers' final game-winning drive of the game. Uh, he was kind of replaced more or less by Geronimo Allison. Um, and we saw earlier in the game when he was targeted on a pass in the end zone and he grimaced in pain while trying to make a leaping grab in futility. It, it was far over his head. I'm not blaming Nelson. Um, so at least on Wednesday, the Packers will be forced to make some kind of, of comment uh, or, or no comment. And if Nelson isn't on the injury report at all, well, that means the injury probably wasn't all that serious to begin with. Um, and maybe, you know, not being on the injury list is, we still might be left in the dark a little. It may tell us the injury wasn't serious. It may raise a little more questions as to if it wasn't that serious, why wasn't he out on the field? So I think at some point here, somebody's got to say something on this matter, um, and, and the injury report kind of forces it. So, cause you know, at least the reporters, I think know how to direct their questions a little bit better, uh, whether it, he is listed and then they know what body part it is, uh, because uh, I'm not really sure myself. I, I couldn't sit here and speculate as to what he injured. Um, I haven't since sat here. Maybe if I went back and, and looked at the play real closely, I could, I could make an estimation, but I, I'm not going to do that. Uh, I only have to wait a few minutes here, a few hours, and the Packers will release their injury report. So, um, of course, we're, we're also waiting to get an update on players like Morgan Burnett and David Bakhtiari, too. It, it's just that the Nelson injury has been a little more curious in the past couple days. Uh, so, yeah, the, the injury report will be released sometime Wednesday afternoon, while Packers head coach Mike McCarthy holds a press conference at 11.15 a.m. Central Time, streamed live at Packers.com, before practice. And, and yes, it's the first day of full on-field preparations for the upcoming game against the Minnesota Vikings. So there's that, too. 
And that'll do it for today's episode of Railbird Central. Thank you, everybody, so much for joining us. Thank you to Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com for joining us uh, in his Wednesday slot. And then Friday, two days from now, our next guest is already lined up. And uh, if you are a close follower of the show, you might know who that is. Scott McKenna of the Talk and Smack blog joining us as he does the second Friday of every month. So our monthly engagement with him to talk some Packers football and get ready for the Vikings game. So that'll be cool. We got that coming up uh, just two days from now. And uh, that'll do it. Uh, Railbird Central typically airs every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 8.30 a.m. Central Time, the live edition of the show, podcasted and on demand later in the day. We'll see you later, folks. Um, I leave you today with a song called, and I got to line one up here for you. I'm slacking here today. Um, I'll give you a, a infamous String Duster song on Psy Fidelity Records. See ya. Go, pack, go. Where I